This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we reflect on the year and look forward to 2016. Biz embraces her inner shark, Teresa took care of business, and we talk to pediatrician Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. Woo! How's it going? Pretty good. (laughs) How are you? Uh, Same old, same old. I still got kids. Oh, yeah, I do too. Yeah. Today... (laughs) Is we are right in it in the if you are celebrating the Christmas holidays, yeah, that's happening yeah. right now. Totally, ho ho ho! And actually, the today the day that we're recording happens yeah. to be Monday, December twenty first, which is Step Back Day. Which I think we're going to talk a little bit about before we launch into our topic today. But what yeah. I want to know, yeah, is how are you? Oh, well, how I'm doing kind of relates to Step Back well, Day, Well, then actually. relate it to me. Is that me. okay? Please, relate it to me. Great. I um, well, should we, Let's real quickly sure, remind people recap. what Step Back sure. Day is. Would you like to? Uh, sure. Step Back Day is the official holiday that we came up with last week uh, out of the sheer disgust <laughs> of all the stress and pressure and uh, general garbage that goes around uh, around the holidays. It seems to be really, really festers, mm. uh, seeming to be the opposite of what the holidays should be about. Uh, we feel stressed out or we feel super tired or we feel angry at angry somebody at about somebody. something and we can't let it go. Yeah. Oh, not letting go. That's yeah. a big one. So we decided we needed a day to step back and figure it out. <laughs> Take a breath, count to 10, step back day. And we're all trying to figure out what that is for each of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are some wonderful thoughts on that happening on our private Facebook group right now about uh, step back day. People are doing a great job with that. Everybody's embracing it their own way. Teresa, how uh, did you or are you embracing step back day? Well, basically... December, the entire yeah. fucking month of December has been a shit show for me. It has been yeah. completely, I mean, I just don't, I, I don't even, I don't even know like where this month has gone. I mean, yeah. we had Oscar surgery. We had my dog have this like severe eye problem yeah. that was, I mean, it almost was more work than the kid having <laughs> surgery. Okay. Like it was crazy. It has been crazy. Um, and then just the usual holiday craziness, there's extra things that need to be done and Mm -hmm. planned for. Um, there's additional, many, many, many additional communications with family members that are happening throughout the month of December. There's been some work stuff that's come up that has been, you know, extra, you know, out of the ordinary, um, things for me. The month has been crazy. Yeah. Completely crazy. And what the way I am celebrating Step Back Day is <laughs> I realized over the weekend that I am amazing. Yes, you are. Like, I'm amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I was like, I had, like, some shit to deal with on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday were just, there were multiple things that I needed to deal with yeah. and get done. And, and, you know, like, nobody gives a shit type things. Right. But things that absolutely had to get done. <laughs> And I realized, I, and I got everything done and like yeah. did it. And it's this, like, these are like, 
you know, not even like there's plenty of things on my list that like I need to do. Sure. But like what I'm focusing on today is the fact that this month has been crazy and I've done such a good job. And like I'm just going to say stuff. that. Yeah. Like I did so much stuff. Yeah. Like I just did it. I did a ton of stuff and I'm amazing. <laughs> like I'm amazing. So today I am celebrating Step Back Day by just being proud of myself and feeling good about everything that I have done this month. Good job. Thank you. Good job. Yay, step <laughs> Happy step back day to you, Teresa. Thank you, Ben. Good job. Thanks. How are you? I, uh, uh, I have been in a bit of a funk the last couple of days. I, I've been in one of those places where I may have been with children too long in mm. the house mm-hmm. too yeah. long. Oh, yeah. And, like, I haven't really gotten out. Mm, outside of like going to the store that'll do it yeah it's been a lot of like hey I haven't done anything for myself in a really long time Mm. and like so that's that immediately sends me to a dark place Um, and like the weekends with Stefan have like really turned into this like here are the kids and now I'm going to go do all the things that I always do just without kids right right like so I feel like I, I started this weekend really feeling like a shark you know, like mm-hmm. just never stopping. Like I just felt like I never sat down. I was just constantly like cooking, moving, going mm-hmm. to places, bringing things home, putting them away, cleaning, picking mm-hmm. up, cooking, cleaning, yes. cleaning that. Now feeding more people than that has to be cleaned up. And like if I wasn't like at the sink, yeah, I was like hunched over picking something up or a child yeah. was crawling up me as if I was a rock wall. Yes. I'm like, why do I feel so tired? Yeah. You know, and like, it, it just like never, yeah. I never stopped moving Mm-mm. in a way that didn't make me feel good. So, I, and I was like just pretty much generally lousy to every member of my family, mm-hmm. uh, which is never good either. So for me... The step back day, what I am trying to embrace is to stop moving. And like we've got these last, you know, this is like the week of Christmas. Uh, and we like Christmas. Mm-hmm. And like I'm really trying to step back and have fun. And and it's and here's the thing, it's like that's such an easy thing to say, but it is when you are in that other place, it is really hard to step out of that and mm-hmm. be like, okay, now we're having fun. Yeah. You know? Totally. <laughs> Let's have fun. Don't have fun over there on the carpet though. Don't <laughs> don't take that fun and take it outside. I and just finished cleaning. I just, this, so I just I can't have fun yeah, here. You can't have fun here. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, look, we're gonna do this fun thing. This makes me feel messy. I don't care that you feel messy. <laughs> so I'm really trying to step back, uh, and uh, I, I don't know, step back out of wherever it is that I'm in right now, mm-hmm. and I will have to let you guys know how that works out. Yeah, but that's I like that you're in it. You're working with this yeah. right now. It's yeah, not like a, yeah, it's not yeah. like a. Oh, it's step back day. All better. No, yeah. you have to like work at it. Yeah, you know. I think I'm the one who's in like team step back into the bathroom. Like, yeah. step back into yeah. a place with doors. Yeah, is my step back day. Anyway, yeah. So uh, that's how we're all celebrating step back day mm-hmm. here in the period hut mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, with one bad mother. Uh, so we continue to look forward to hearing how you celebrated step back day. We are also looking forward to hearing about your hiding in the closet moments. 
months. Because mm-hmm. again, we're in it. We still have various types of holidays happening. Yep. Uh, we have New Year's. We've got a lot of family time, a lot of kids off from school. Yeah. And uh, so don't forget hashtag hiding in the bathroom. We want to hear it or see it. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need to do, you guys are doing a good job. Speaking of a good job, <clears throat> um, <laughs> We thought it would be good to uh, take a step back and reflect on the year and to think about the year ahead. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Last year we sat in this booth uh-huh. around this time, and we thought... We would we would talk about New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. I went back and I listened to that show. Okay, and a lot of times people say, "Hey, do you go back and listen to the shows?" And you and I pretty much always say no. No, and I now know why, uh, because <laughs> I just went back and listened to the show, and I was like. <laughs> Oh, wow. What did we say? Well, we were all right. I, th- I think overall, just for a recap for people who didn't hear last year's show, uh, some of the plus things that came out of our talk on resolutions uh, were things like, you know, uh, there's this pressure. Where? What is this pressure about resolutions? And why is it that our first instinct is that our resolutions have to be these, like, you know, very negative, very negative mm-hmm. reflections on ourselves mm-hmm. and things need to change and... Things we need to fix, fix about, ourselves. about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And fix this and fix that. Yeah. And like, you better get better at this. And a lot of times, then there's this like incredible pressure to complete it. And uh, no one's asking this of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one's like, these are usually... Uh, resolutions that we have decided the universe really wants us to do mm-hmm. and they're usually kind of being mean to ourselves and really nobody cares mm-hmm. if we do it or not. Uh, so we thought we should probably be more just reflective as opposed to resolute. We should be more reflective on where we are and if there was anything that we did want to do and work on for the year, they should be ways to be more awesome. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, why isn't that our first instinct? Mm-hmm. How am I going to be more awesome this year? How mm-hmm. am I going to do something or change something that just is great for me and yeah. great for the people around me? Uh, so I thought that was very insightful of us. We clearly were having some sort of great, insightful moment. Yeah. Uh, we then talked about our own resolutions. Okay. And I thought it would be fun to go back and actually hear what our resolutions were. Okay. So we started with you, Teresa. All right. So let's go back and hear what your New Year's resolution was this time last year. I have really bad posture. <laughs> so what is that? I do too. Okay. Yeah. I think it's like mom posture. It's There's, mom posture. It's like sitting at the table. It is. My you're shoulders are almost touching <laughs> the really table. It's really weird. I know because that you're doing a good I resolution. Think thank you. But I think it's a good resolution because it's something I want really bad. Uh, yeah. But it is one of those that's hard yeah. to like measure success or hard to like. Like, okay, so I'm just going to be thinking about that all the time. I know. Everybody like, just foster, straightened like, up in really the really hard to right. say whether I'm following through with that, but yeah. I'm not really sure how else to do that one. 
Okay. So, mm. all right. So posture. I have to say, I'm slightly <laughs> relieved because I didn't remember what my resolution I was. was if you didn't and remember. I was a little bit like, oh, fuck. I hope I didn't say I'm going to learn to cook or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So checking in. Yeah. I thought that was a fairly decent one. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, clearly, one of my resolutions should be let Teresa talk. Stop interrupting her. <laughs> oh, no. Um, how did you do? I think I did okay. I definitely have... I think I've had better posture this year than the year before. I don't, I mean, again, I think I just said in this clip, yeah. it's hard to measure. I'm not thinking about it all the time, so maybe I haven't followed through as much as I could. Uh-huh. But I, I, think I, I think I've done better. I think okay. I've done better than the year before. Good job. Yay me. Uh, it was at this point in the show that I was like, what else you got? And you were like, yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. And then I, I was like, that's it? You just have yeah. one? Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, <laughs> big surprise, uh-huh. had more than one. Okay. I really want this to be the year. That I attack the banjo. Okay. I've been saying the banjo for years. Wow. For like, that banjo's been sitting under my bed for like yeah. eight years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, here's yeah. the check-in, guys. The banjo is still under my bed. Mm-hmm. So for nine years, how, that banjo... How many under- times did it come out? Never. It didn't come out once, okay. guys. Right. I would like to blame all the garbage that we have under the bed. Mm-hmm. Most of it's your stuff in 2016. <laughs> Clean out that stuff under the bed. But I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it, guys. Didn't do it. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I feel a little bad about it, to be honest. Oh, really? I feel a little bad because I would like to learn how to play the banjo. Yeah. Instead, it's just becoming the symbol of never having time for even 15 minutes. Okay. You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, fail one. Okay. Let's see what else I wanted to do. All right. There's another one of just, like, trying to... Um, Really cut down the social media and uh-huh. try and reconnect on a more personal level yeah. with people. <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like you have. I feel like you've stepped back from social I, media. I, I feel tried. like you have. Like you're like you're there, but like you're not there immediately. Like you're not there immediately responding every time. I am trying to. That is something I have been trying about the connecting with people on a more personal level. Oh, uh, yeah. that on the other hand. Yeah. You know, I'm not calling people as much as I would like or writing to them as much as I would like. So but you have like new friends and stuff. Yeah, I do. I do have new friends. Good. But I think overall, I, yeah, it's been a little maybe 50-50 on that resolution. I'm going to call it a win for you. All right, call it a win. I'm going to give you a win for on the that. banjo loss. All right, what else did I? What else? The last one, I think, I now want to kind of get back. With uh, with Stefan, I need you know like yeah. I need as a as his partner. We need. I would like to make continued efforts to sort of continue to reconnect uh-huh. and, and move forward as uh-huh. a couple, which is just something that you know it's very easy. I think, especially as mom, to like kids first. You're tired. You're, I mean, all those things that are incredibly true during the first year of having a new baby in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, mixed with like how hard the year was for us. I, you know, I think it's. You know, it's that reminder of, oh, I married this guy because he brings me great joy. Yeah. I need to let us have that joy again. Yeah. I need to, like, celebrate that joy. Totally. And that's and that's me bringing that to the table. Yeah. I may have missed that one, too, a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was so funny. One of the, what I didn't 
use as one of the clips from the show was me talking super smugly about how like <laughs> we had come to the end of this first year with Ellis mm-hmm. and everything was so much better. <laughs> but like I really felt like I was getting mm-hmm. back to who I was mm-hmm. and I, all that had happened was Ellis wasn't screaming as much uh-huh. probably during that week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I think I think in my brain I had this like uh, idea that I was at the three-year mark uh-huh. of coming out of the haze, yeah. but I, I, I wasn't. I was at the very much the one-year mark. But the the one about uh, finding time for Stefan and I, I think that is a really good resolution. And, uh, you know, we hit it here and there, but I think it's particularly hard to hear after, like, the weekends that I've been having recently where I just, I feel so overwhelmed Mm. and I just don't have anything for anybody. Totally. So that's, like, a hard one to hear. That's just, like, a hard one to be like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's one I have to keep really working on. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're just, you're also just coming off, like, I wonder how you would have felt six months ago, too, because, like, you're just coming off, like, several long trips still where he was away. And I feel like when that happens, when they come back, you're not so much in the mode of, like, let's reconnect. You're more in the mode of, like, okay, like, let's catch up on you being in the family right now. Yeah. Like, you know what (laughs) I mean? Right, 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 right. Yeah, and I think we've got, like, we're at a really unique place where, you know, his career is really going in one direction. And, you know, our roles, I think we've talked about it this year a lot, uh, how we're dividing work and labor in this house is mm-hmm. really trying to get defined right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think we're just like in a really tricky place of trying to figure that out. Um, and a lot of that, I think, falls to me figuring out how I'm going to adjust my attitude about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So anyway, uh, so that's where we were from last year. Now, interestingly, after hearing all mine, Teresa decided to add one more. Okay. <laughs> There is one thing that I am working on right now, which could be yeah. a New Year's resolution because I could I- throw into the pile. <laughs> um, and that is, I've been working with my dogs um, and a Ooh. trainer. <gasps> yeah. Really? I keep and it's one of it's, it's something where I feel like I've started this and I really want to see it through. I don't know why I keep gasping at you, mm-hmm. but that was a very specific one. That almost feels like yesterday. That legitimately really feels like yesterday. It really does. I was actually, when I was thinking about this show yesterday, when I was thinking about what we would talk about today, I was wondering, when I was like re- reflecting back on the air, I was wondering when I started all the dog stuff. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking that um, it might have been around that time. And yeah, I would say it's a win. Yeah. Like we still have an issue where one of our dogs can be aggressive towards the other dog but we're a lot better at managing it we have Mm. like a we have like a whole system for keeping them separated at like key times and yeah I mean they're both using crates now which is major for like the barking problems and yeah I think I would say that's I would say I did that this year well, all right. So let's take a moment and uh, before we think about next year, let's you know now that we've heard mm-hmm. ourselves from last year. Yeah. Uh, what do you? What is? What is your reflection of last year? I think this is actually kind of an important thing for parents to do. I think it's an important thing for anybody to do. Mm-hmm. But I do think there is some value on the reflecting on the on the year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even if it just serves as a reminder of of achievements or step backs or, or anything like that. So what, what was your, what's your thoughts on the last year? Well, when I think back to a year ago and I had a 14 month old and a three year old, yeah, 
I'm just going to say it. That was way harder yeah. than where I am now. And I, I really believe, like, I, I mean, I now have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And I'm, I think just two is way easier than 14 <laughs> months. And four is way easier than three. I mean, it yeah. just, and a big part of that is, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I just finished talking about how crazy this past, right. past month has been. Like, things are still, you know, we have little kids. But there was something about having a one-year-old and a three-year-old that was just monumentally challenging for me. Yeah. Like, I've, I think that was part of why I didn't have many resolutions, because I was, like, so just deep in it. I was yeah. just tr- surviving. And one thing that has changed over the past year is Oscar has more or less gotten on the same, like, schedule as Simon. So, I mean, he takes a nap during the day when Simon yeah. doesn't. but. They they, they have the whole same bedtime routine together, so that has made our lives easier. And Simon started being able to sleep, go to bed by himself in his room. So, like, nice. the combination of Oscar getting on the same bedtime as Simon and Simon being able to stay in bed and yeah, go to I mean, sleep. Yeah, I mean, think about last year. I mean, this was the it's year where totally, you were sitting in Simon's no, in yeah, the bedroom. Last year, yeah, that's what I mean, was. that was like you really were it was, in a crazy place. It was crazy. Yeah. It was totally crazy. Like, my evenings were just gone. Yeah. I had no nights. Um, and so that has become, I mean, that has been a huge shift mm. that's made my life so much better and so much easier. Um, and with Oscar, you know, he can do so many more things where I don't have to worry about him, like, falling and hurting himself all the yeah. time. And, you know, I, I'm willing to say this, like, judgment, like, I don't judge, all judging <laughs> aside, like, Oscar can now watch the same shows that Simon watches. Oh, yeah. And they watch, they watch TV together when I need to take a shower in the morning. Absolutely. They watch, the, you know, there's a lot of things that they really can enjoy together and that we can do together, um, that is, has just made my life just way easier. So I think the difference, but that's like the biggest thing between like this year and last year is like, I actually have been having so much more fun with my kids Mm. this year. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I think, I think it's the same. I mean, we both have kids who are the same age. I mean, you know, Ellis is now two and Katie Bell is uh, six and it was a big leap for her to first grade and you know her reading has been like a big big deal it's been for me it's been like if I was going to reflect on the year it would it would be seeing the changes in her Mm -hmm. sort of becoming not just a kid but like an older kid you know it's no longer why won't you go play in your room now it's Oh, well, she's in there playing in a room, and that's really good. And I, I don't, in fact, want to go in there and yeah. play with her. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. But, you know, it's we're starting to separate some, and she's really, you know, clinging more. You know, like, I, I think it's, it's interesting to watch her grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, while with Ellis, it's more like, well, now we're just two, you yeah. know? And yeah. the advantage of having an older kid is being able to say, I know what's about to happen this year for Ellis. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what's about to happen between two and three, and it's going to be a game changer. Yeah, you totally. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think, I do think, though, you know, all smugness aside, this has been a year of me getting a little bit back into some normalcy, mm-hmm. not consistently, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. It felt like a lot of work this year. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having, because I think because I'm in such a, a place right now, my reflection on last year was still really wrestling with the balance of time for recharging for myself, 
time for connecting with Stefan as my partner and time as the mother of these two kids, mm-hmm. you know, and which feels like there's still one more element missing that I haven't, like, yeah. found out how to get back in there. So this felt like a lot of, you know, sort of a, a year of recognizing that there are things to still figure out for myself. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily being super satisfied with where I am in any of those three places, mm-hmm. but just being too fucking tired to figure it out at the moment. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, it was a, I would say that this last year has been a sort of up and down year. Yeah. You know, um, the band all symbolized by that fucking banjo sitting <laughs> under my bed. Uh, how about looking into the new year? What do you got? What are you looking forward to? And do you have a resolution for this year or a reflection for this year? I have something. Well, it's really blowing my mind that in 2016, Simon's going to theoretically be going to kindergarten. That's also weird to think about in the, at the same time as I'm reflecting the way things were a year ago. Because mm-hmm. then you're kind of looking over the cor- the change of, of the child over the course of two years, which right. is just like crazy how much they change and grow. Um, but my kind of big one for this year, I guess it's, this is my resolution. So basically I have this, I've never talked about this on the show before. I don't think I have a weird, uh, middle ear tube disorder called patulous eustachian tube, which is, um, where your middle ear tube, your eustachian tube, uh, remains open, um, most of the time or a lot of the time when it's supposed to be closed. Like most people's middle ear tube is closed, except for like when you yawn or swallow for you like a second. You did talk about it some when you were pregnant because it really affected Maybe you I did talk about it. Just briefly, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So basically after I had Oscar, like I had a brief hiatus where I felt fine while I was breastfeeding. And then as soon as I, as soon as Oscar weaned, it kind of came back full mm-hmm. force. And it's like, it's been worse than ever for you know, six months or whatever, um, of like on the level of where it was when I was pregnant. The big thing that my ENT said that I could do is basically get it permanently closed and um, have ear tubes in my eardrums, like mm. for the rest of my life, which I just, the way he described it to me just sounded like it would be a big hassle basically for the rest of my life and uncomfortable and might not work that well, blah, blah, blah. And so I kind of had resigned myself to there's nothing I can do about this problem. And what it does is it causes autophony, which is like you can hear the sounds of inside your body and your voice really loud in your own ear. Right. Um, And it makes me feel like kind of dizzy. And sometimes it makes it like hard to breathe. And it's just it's horrible. It sucks. But anyways, exercise makes it worse. And I've always loved to exercise. I've always been really, I've always been a runner. And when I'm not running, I would go walking every day when I could. So with this getting really bad, I've stopped exercising. I haven't Mm. exercised in like probably four months. I don't even walk the dogs anymore because it gets so bad. It's not that I can't exercise. It's that when I do, it makes me feel like shit. So it's like, I just don't. And because of all the craziness with the kids and life, I was like kind of telling myself this is for the best because I don't really have time to exercise anyway. Right. Which is like a really sad place to be. I think it I think it's affected like my body chemistry to yep. not be exercising anymore. Like I think it affects like my mood, it affects just so many things about me. Finally, after talking having some important conversations with important people in my life I realized I need exercise for the rest of my life to be myself right like to be 
a healthy, happy Teresa. Yeah. And so I just decided, fuck this, like, acceptance of this stupid thing. I'm going to do whatever it takes to fix this as best I can. Obviously, like, I can't make science do something that it can't do. (laughs) Right. But there are things that I can try that I can do, even though they sound maybe annoying or extra or difficult or they might not work. I just decided I'm not just going to, like, sit around and be sad about this. Right. I'm going to like fight it. Good so job. that's that's going to be 2016. I actually have my like surgery appointment consultation wow. later today. Whoa. So this is like happening. Nice. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. I, mean, I hope that works out. Thank you. I think for me, yeah, I think my big resolution is going to be possibly not uh, lying to myself about what I can achieve. Mm. You know, I am a... I'm a bit of a type A-er. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to have lots of things happening at once. And I think what upsets me is when I can't achieve those things mm-hmm. over the course of the time allotted. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like suddenly, you know, finishing a quilt for some friends was something I really wanted to do. But it was like just this like, do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fun was out of it. The yeah. like cooking all these holiday treats. The fun was out of it. Because yeah. we had a little time to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and not that I want to like, get rid of doing things that I enjoy, but I have got to figure out how to sort everything else out Mm -hmm. so that I can then find joy even in these small acts of cooking something or making something or going for a walk without feeling that I am screwing up other obligations that I have. Mm -hmm. So that is sort of my overall... How are you going to do that? I have no idea. I think it's a lot of like thinking and meditation and lists. You know what I mean? And by Mm -hmm. meditation, I mean really sitting there and having to say to myself on Sunday night, here are the things that I need to achieve this week, Mm -hmm. you know, or I have this week coming up where I don't have as much to do so I could do more fun things. Mm-hmm. Um, now how... Oh, like picking I could do more fun things rather than being like... Then fill it in then with fill this. it in like, with stuff that I... Right. As opposed to being this pressure of, yeah. uh, you know, I've got to complete all these fun things right now. It's real. I think I'm going to have to be really reflective each week and then mm. each day about what it is I want to achieve and do. And I think it's going to be... Also involved probably working with Stefan on just, like, uh, figuring out how to make those things happen mm-hmm. uh, without taking away time from him as well, you mm-hmm. know, getting to do his own things. So, yeah, I think it's—I think that's the resolution for the year overall. I'm looking forward to, like— uh, Ellis is going to be starting preschool soon, like daycare, Yay. and that's going to be a big deal yeah. after all the emotional guilt of putting them there. Yeah. Um, and— yeah, I just I just know what's coming for Ellis. Like yeah. I know we're gonna come out at two at this like on at three, and it's just gonna be a game changer for yeah. us as a family. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that for the year. So yeah, so I think once again we're here at the end of the year, and I, I think like we've said, it's a good time to reflect on you know, the achievements of the last year mm-hmm. as well as things we want to work on uh, that are good for us. Yeah. Not work on because, you know, it's out of our control, yeah. but yet we still feel pressure to work on it. Yeah. This is about what can we do to make our own lives and the lives of people around us better. Yeah. You know, without that then snowballing into something totally unattainable. Totally. And if possible, to pull the banjo out. From under the bed and learn the banjo. 
Um, anyway, I think overall, we both have commented today as we reflected on the last year, something I think everybody can relate to. And that is, this is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> years, sometimes whole years can be difficult. Yes. Uh, with or without kids. Yeah. And it doesn't have to define what the next year is going to be for us mm-hmm. or even the next day is for us. Mm-hmm. And to take a step back and feel proud that we came out on the other side and we're still here and we have all of our fingers and toes and we're still relatively happy and like laughing about things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and remember, we're all doing a really good job. So happy 2016, guys. We're going to fucking nail it this yeah, year. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Welcome to the Lady to Lady Show. Behind door number one, we have fantastic weekly guests like Aisha Tyler, French Stewart, Retta, and more. Behind door number two, we have road trip and sleepover games like Would You Rather and Never Have I Ever, the kind of games that remind you of being a kid. Door number three brings you fresh hot episodes every Wednesday. You can find them on iTunes and at MaximumFun.org. Now pick a door. Just kidding. They're not real because we're a podcast. You're all winners. And we didn't really think this through. Lady to Lady. Hey, you know what it's time for? This week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. So when we were expecting Simon, some friends of ours gave us a hand-me-down little bouncy chair, the Mm. Baby Bjorn babysitter balance chair. It's like a really nice chair. It's the kind that's like almost like shaped like an elbow where they sit in it and by just by sitting in it, they kind of create their own little bounce. It's not yeah. electric or anything. Right. Um, but it's a really nice chair. I think they retail for like 150 bucks, something like that. Yeah. These friends of ours had had it from a neighbor and their neighbor had given it to them. They used it for their first kid and then the neighbor got it back mm-hmm. and used it for their second kid. Then we got it. And then we gave it back to our friends. They used it for their second kid. Then they gave it back to us. We used it for Oscar. Then I gave it to a friend from the preschool. She used it for her baby. Now she's given it back to me, and I'm sending it up to Oakland for my sister who's having her baby. So I counted, and that's eight babies for one chair. And I just feel really genius about it because it's a great product, but they're expensive. But it's like one of those – for me, it was my, like, I can't live without this thing yeah um but it's in such great shape like i mean it can go on and on it can live on that's incredible so i'm happy about that that's really great yeah oh nice traveling pants of yes. baby chairs <laughs> yes excellent how about you uh all right so last week uh, some people may or may not have heard that uh in la 
the schools were all shut down in oh, LA yeah. because of a possible uh, bombing, shooting, horrible, awful threat. This did not affect the Pasadena schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was just like, you know what? I am in a position where I don't have to, I can keep Katie Bell home. Mm-hmm. And just like, I want to keep Katie Bell home. Mm-hmm. Now, about, I just, I'm just going to fucking do it. Mm-hmm. I may not be able to do this next year or a week from now or whatever. Today I can. Mm-hmm. And I felt really good about that decision, of course, until about three hours in when mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, both my children are home. What the fuck? <laughs> what was I thinking? Um, a Christmas gift arrived from a friend, mm-hmm. and it was croissants to put into the freezer to cook later, but it came with dry ice. Mm-hmm. And I busted that. I had a step back moment. We mm. busted that dry ice. Both kids stood at the counter, like Ellis up on a stool, Katie Bell on her stool. And we just did awesome dry ice experiments of pouring water in. And then, like, Whoa. you can pour water on the dry ice. And then you can add, like, detergent, like dish detergent. Mm-hmm. And then it makes bubbles. And you add some food coloring to that. And we just spent, like, an hour Everybody's super focused and contained and, like, enjoying the, like— And, of course, we talked about matter because she had just learned about matter. And I was like, this ice cube's going to turn into what? Liquid. Yeah. What is this going to turn into? A gas. (laughs) So it was just— Great. That's genius. Yeah. I, I just was like, I love that it just was delivered to just your delivered. door. I was like, like, here you go. Here's some <laughs> science for the you. The clouds open and this magical yeah. thing delivered to my door. Anyway, it was great. Hey, Biz and Teresa. I am calling with a rare, rare genius moment. <laughs> um, I have two little boys, a two year old and a seven month old. Um, and it's really hard to shop. Um, and I'm a working mom, so it's just, I mean, win, win. So last night, I went online and um, and found, like, the the find in stores options um, for one of the things that I needed to buy. And I reserved it, went into the store this morning and picked it up and felt like a total badass. Um, I know it's silly, but, like, shopping with two tiny kids is impossible, and I nailed it. Um, thanks, you guys. I love your show. Bye. It, that is really a genius. The find in store option and mm-hmm. just go pick it up. Like, mm-hmm. for me, that sometimes feels like that's more hard. But I'm like, actually, it's not. Because it saves you money from having the ship. And you can get it the day that you want it. Yeah. You just don't have to, like, take everybody with you. You can get it on the way home from work. Or your husband can go by and pick it up. Or, fr- I mean, who cares? It's just there waiting for you. Yep. I just think it's a good job, and I, again, think the smaller moments, the ones that feel like this yeah. is the dumbest thing ever, but I feel like queen or king of the world, Yeah, those are the best. It's great. Good job. Good job. Failures. Fail me, Teresa. Fail, 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 fail! You suck. Oh, God. So I've already talked about Simon has these achievement charts. He gets a (laughs) sticker when he does a good job um, being a helper, getting ready for bed, Mm -hmm. which is a challenging time for him every night. But the sticker charts really work for him. Um, And he started making his own sticker charts. So he'll make the like actual, um, you know, Mm. graph with all the boxes, um, which is really cute. But and he often makes way more boxes for himself than I would have for like each (laughs) chart. So like we were doing like 20 or something. And then you get like something at the end of a at the end of 20, you get a little treat, a little toy. Um, And he started making them and he ends up like with like 40 that he (laughs) needs to get in order to get something, which is fine. And this past one, he really wanted um, from Paw Patrol. There's this 
character, Sky, who's um, the little girl pup who flies a helicopter. And he oh, really... Oh, Patrol. Okay. Paw Patrol. All right. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Right. Okay. Um, and so he really wanted this helicopter, wanted it so badly. Um, I was like, great, because this is an enormous... Like, usually we wouldn't give a toy that big, but it, he had made this so many squares <laughs> that I was like, you can totally get that, you know? And so I agreed to that. And then when I went to, when he like got there and I went to order it, it was like 27 bucks or something. It was a lot. And I was like, oh, I should not have agreed to this because a number one, that's way more money than I would want to spend. And secondly, this is like setting him up for thinking this is a type of toy that he can get for finishing his chart, you know? And so I'm feeling like terrible about that. But then I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'll just, we'll move on from here. It doesn't have to be the same type of thing every time. And, you know, we can lower the stakes. I get to set the rules. Yeah. And, but I've already agreed to this. So this was one fuck up. So I'll order it. Well, anyways, so it comes and I, I bite the bullet. I Spend the 27 bucks. It comes in the mail. It's such a piece of shit. It is such a fucking piece of shit. I'm sorry for, like, being so foul-mouthed and angry about it. But, like... I mean, it. the same amount of money went to, like, the Buzz Lightyear toy yeah. that was his three or four-year-old birthday present that he asked for for months at yeah. a time and is, like, an amazing, awesome toy. This thing is—I I cannot even begin to describe how lame it is. And yeah. it's so lame— that he doesn't even play with it. So it's just, it feels like a total failure all the way around, like beginning to end. (sighs) That sucks. Oh, that sucks. So a couple of weeks ago was Ellis's two-year appointment. And he wound up needing to get like a vaccine that we he needed to get that mm-hmm. he hadn't gotten somewhere along the line. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I always do my same questions, which were like, hey, anything I should know about? He tends to have reactions like mm-hmm. soreness and, you know, bad sleep that night. And they're like, no, this is one of the easy ones. Not a big deal. I'm like, great. So uh, we got home. I gave him his Tylenol. It was mm-hmm. fine. But it was one of those appointments that was like at nine o'clock in the morning. I had, mm-hmm. had felt so smart that we had done it in the morning. And we had this great day. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those days that felt like a really long. So by the time he went to bed, I just hadn't even thought about the doctor's appointment anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I put him down to bed and we're home. And like suddenly, like every 20 minutes, he's waking up really upset, like hysterical. Oh, oh. And I'm like, what's going on? And yeah. like Stephanie keeps going in and checking the diaper and comforting him and putting him back down. And you know, we goes this goes on for like an hour and a half. It's like nine o'clock. And I'm like, what is going on with him? And Stefan's like, Well, did you give him any Tylenol? And I'm like, No. And he goes, Well, he had he had a shot today. And I just felt awful because he always needs the Tylenol yeah. that day. He just yeah. like he always has a 24 hour, like yeah. super he just doesn't like it. Like yeah. his body is adjusting or whatever, or he's sore or he's a small he's fever. To that. He's yeah. just sensitive to them. Yeah. I'm still going to give them to him. Right. But, like, I yeah. I know that the treatment is to give him some Tylenol before sleep. And then, you know, we had to wait for the Tylenol to kick in. I just, oh, right, because it's like an hour then. I just yeah. felt like oh. I really—and it had been such, like, a long day. Yeah. And I, I, I literally just started crying. I just felt oh. like I had just—like, the simplest act of taking care of my child. And I had totally screwed it up. I'm sorry. It was. I felt bad. Aww. Stephen was like, "Make sure you tell him that one because that was a real thing." Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. That's all right. So 
I'm a huge fucking failure as a mom today. <laughs> I was putting away laundry and I was letting my adorable one-year-old son play and I've been in nail polish, which he's done since he's been able to crawl. He just organizes little bottles. Well, mm, bad mom didn't realize there was a broken one in there. And he decides to go for a drink. <laughs> of course, he didn't get any down because the minute it touched his lips, he knew it was disgusting. But his face is currently covered in army green nail polish. So I suck. Love the show. Thanks. This one, this is so, A, your horrible mother. This is one of those ones that, like, Pre-kids, I would have been like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then even with Katie Bell, I would have been like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, Ellis, like, Ellis, that be- between, like, as soon as he could hold something. Yeah. Up until the age of one, I mean, he would hold, like, Halloween candy for, like, yeah. five hours. Oh, this is right. the kid who held, yeah, like, the yeah. pancake for two hours right. last, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He just would, like, hold candy or hold the lollipop or hold yeah. a battery or hold, like, I mean, he just was constantly, or, like, go into the bathroom and, like, <clears throat> play with the little things. And, and he never did anything with them until the day that he did. Right? right. Like, and that's, <laughs> right. and it's just, it's so one of those, I... I know your kid is fine. I know you're actually a really good mom. And it's like, you're like right there next to your kid. And it's just a, like an activity that you're yeah. like, it's fine. It's totally but fine. I, I hear you. And it's really awful. I'm pretty sure that was last season's color. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. Teresa. Yes. Let's call a mom. Great. Good. This week, we are calling Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson, who is a pediatrician and mama of two young boys. She also writes the blog Seattle Mama Doc and is author of the book Mama Doc Medicine. She's an executive committee member on the Council of Communications and Media and a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, among many other things. Uh, And she's kind enough to join us today to let us pump her with questions we are too scared to ask our own pediatricians. Welcome, Dr. Swanson. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. Before we get into all of those very specific questions, we don't ask our pediatricians. And come to think of it, I don't ask my pediatrician this question, uh, but it's the question we always ask our guest, which is, who lives in your house? All right. Uh, Me, my two boys who are uh, seven and nine. We currently have two elves on the shelf um, who are floating around the house. And my husband, Jonathan, who's a pediatric radiologist. Is he also up on a shelf right now? Or is he... <laughs> you know, he, he maybe he does stand at a standing desk at work, so you never know what's going on. Yeah. And we have actually the ashes of our late dog, who we, we have really oh. no idea what to do with. We have made all sorts of plans, and we never execute on it, who, who passed away recently, who has been a big part of my kid's life. So Aww. she's sitting in the kitchen right now. <laughs> I love it. I love she it. She is up on a shelf. <laughs> maybe that's the new tradition. Where, yeah, where, right. you know, where's the family dog each year? Um, yeah, actually, I tweeted out at looking for advice. People came up with great ideas of, like, put it in a planter, put it in the backyard, go on the walk place. We just haven't gotten to it. So we'll get to it this spring. <laughs> it's a good New Year's resolution. We talked a little bit about yeah. resolutions earlier in the show. That's a, that's a good one. Um, all right, let's get into the... Uh, relationship that we all have with our pediatricians. And I I think Mm -hmm. the pediatrician-parent relationship is very important, but we 
aren't always instructed about that when we get pregnant. As a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. for a lot of us, you get pregnant and then you're with your OBGYN this whole time. You're developing this great relationship and your baby is born and somebody's like, do you have a pediatrician? Uh, What? Do I have a what? Uh, So I think a good place for us to start is what is a good way for new parents to find a, a pediatrician that they like and establish a good relationship with them? And, and what, what do we do if we start to think that this might not be the right pediatrician for us? Okay, well, lots of questions. So first off, I think, you know, planning ahead makes a ton of sense. And just like anything else in your life that's meaningful, that's relationship-based, which, of course, your relationship with your pediatrician will be, it's asking friends and family, people, you know, your crowd, right, crowdsourcing this question either, you know, in social media or in your real regular day makes a ton of sense. People know who you are, how you make decisions, what your style is, and that can match up. Your OB can be a great resource, of course. Um, But there are also, like, hidden gem pediatricians out there, I think, that your friends and family will know about. So I'd always start there. You know, most pediatricians also offer what are called meet and greet visits. Those are visits that happen while you're still pregnant where you and your partner or anyone else in your life who you know is going to be help, you know, help in caring for your baby. If it's a nanny or a grandma or someone else who maybe wants to come, you can go and meet with a pediatrician for 10, 15 minutes, usually in the evening time or outside of office hours where they just say, you know, here's my philosophies. Here's how you access clinic. Here's what our call schedule's like. Here's our website. Like, here's how you can schedule appointments. And that just, that first few minutes, I mean, think of the research on, we make opinions about people in the first six to 10 seconds of meeting them. I think it can be really powerful. I mean, like you could come in the room with me and be like, that doctor talks way too fast or, you know, <laughs> you know, she, something about me that you either love or you don't, where I go about my philosophy, where I talk about, for example, my, you know, staunch belief in immunizations, my job as a pediatrician to say when I know things mm-hmm. and when I don't, you know, who and why I chose, you know, who I partner with in my practice, why I choose to practice where I do, what the leadership of my clinic is, you know, my commitment, for example, that I write a blog, I'm online, I believe that parents are really learning new ways to care for their kids and that I want them to be online learning about health. You may find a pediatrician who feels differently about that, right? And so that tryout, try on, if that's important to you, that can be a really great start. And then to your point of like, what do you do when you think the fit is wrong? So I always, I mean, for years I've heard people saying to me like, oh, you know, I used to see your partner. I'm so sorry that I'm here. Or, oh gosh, we saw someone else between visits. It's like, stop worrying about hurting someone's feelings. Like the relationship is important. You have to feel comfortable. You know, we want you to ask, we want you to ask questions that, that are hard to ask. We want to facilitate an environment to do that. But if your instinct and gut is like, gosh, I don't trust, or I'm not sure I'm getting all the information here, or they're always so rushed, they're not taking the time that I feel my baby deserves, without question, follow your gut instinct and go try someone else out. And if they're not great, then go try someone else out too. It's okay to kind of shop around. You know, this should be a lifelong relationship. I mean, it, it, you know, we see kids up through the beginning of the time that they go to college, and those adolescent years are really important too. So if you think you're staying put in the town that you live, finding someone you trust, is really worth your time. I, that's that actually is really great advice. It's, I think it's that like hurting somebody's feelings mm-hmm. point yeah. that really stops a lot of us. Yeah. They're fine. These are toughies. Mm-hmm. You know, they want you to have a good fit too. Like, you know, as a pediatrician, I can feel, right, when a relationship is a little bit off, you know, yeah. when when someone doesn't trust, like, you know, for example, in the vaccine space, right, which that's a 
big philosophical, you know, tantamount thing of how do we come to each other with the right evidence? How do families tell me what they're worried about so I can help guide them and get them the right information? If they're intimidated or not feeling comfortable to bring forth what they're really worried about, then we're just not getting done what we need to get done. So I can sometimes feel that too. I mean, there's certainly been times over the years where I'll say like, I just may not be the right pediatrician for you. You know, you may want to talk with somebody else and it's my job in some ways too to help somebody find someone that I think would be a great fit. Well, so we, uh, there was a question that came up when we mentioned to people that we were speaking with you today and I hadn't even thought about this, though I was presented with this once myself. Is there a difference between a pediatrician and a family doctor? Yeah, no, there's a pretty significant difference. So pediatricians go to med school, and then they choose the specialty of pediatrics, where they then do a three-year residency, and if they're specialized, even more, an additional three years. For example, if you see a pediatric gastroenterologist, they've done six years of training, exclusively training in infants, you know, newborns, infants, children, and teens. Family practitioners are kind of more um, universal care providers, so they care for whole families. So they take care of anyone between newborn and geriatrics, and in general, the guidelines for family practice training is about three months of pediatrics as opposed to three years of pediatric specialty care. So pediatricians really are interested in helping, you know, preventative wellness for healthy kids, but they're also really interested in making sure that they care for children with chronic underlying medical problems. So kids who have been in the NICU, kids who have um, underlying congenital heart disease, kids who have underlying complex medical problems, we really want to kind of see that gamut. So we spend the whole day taking care of children and teens, and I, and I think we really work hard and have a, obtained extra special training for that. That being said, there are great family practice physicians who care for whole families who are good at caring for children. But I think if at any time your child has an underlying chronic medical problem or you're concerned that you're not getting kind of the expertise of a pediatrician, you can always, you know, talk with a family doc about, do we go and see a pediatrician for a couple visits on a particular health issue and kind of come back to a family doctor? So sometimes we'll function even in a consulting role in those cases with family practice docs. Also, one of the things that I think came up with our discussion with our listeners, and I really loved this. I See, I am such a person of, eh, no, I pretty much trust my doctors. <laughs> like, I, I come from such a place of, like, eh, medicine good, doctors good. <laughs> Occasionally, some of them are jerks, and I have, was raised by a woman who said, if they're a jerk, go somewhere else. Somebody else won't be a jerk. Uh, so, so, so I come from that that place. Um, however, a lot of people brought up this really interesting point about the little white lies, the like feeling mm-hmm. that they can't always be 100% honest. And I will say I have totally done one of these with the vitamin D drops. But that was like some of the examples, <laughs> some of the examples that were given up, uh, especially yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with number two. Uh, number two, I was like, hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, feeling he's going to be okay. We're in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sunny. Uh, but um, <laughs> anyway. Well, I, got, I have things to say about that. Oh, you I bet. No, no, no. Yeah, well, that's why, but that's why we've got you on because I think this is one of those things that's hard to say to people. Yeah, and I think. But, but I think that's part of that fit, right? Yeah. Like if you've got the right fit and your doc says, are you doing the vitamin D? And and, <laughs> and you, you lie to save face. Like, what kind of relationship are you having? Right. Like, you know, in some ways, and I get it, right? Because we can slack. The second kid has a very different experience from the first because <laughs> we're all a little bit overwhelmed. Um, you know, and there are, are certain kind of guardrails. So, you know, for example, if you, you know, you want to find someone who is going to teach you and tell you why they're recommending vitamin D so that you should get off your fanny and give it to your baby or not, right? <laughs> 
or really recognize what is your alternative for seeking right. sunlight and what are the risks of sunlight versus, you know, the risks of, uh, you know, of, of avoiding UV radiation from the sun, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I mean, I think, I think um, you got to find someone that you feel you know, you can answer questions. But I think, I think there's no, there was recently actually a study by a group called ZocDoc that you could look at. They do like online scheduling, but they did a study where they interviewed people about kind of feeling comfortable. And most people are telling white lies to their docs, right? They're not telling the whole truth about things that they're nervous about. And I think that's part of kind of the formality and paternalism of healthcare. And I think it's changing a little bit, right? So when I even think about the blog or like online forums or following clinicians mm-hmm. on Facebook and learning from, I mean, that's the value of kind of mom-to-mom education, right? right? Like you can get in a little chat type space. You can be on a baby center. You can be on a, you know, any online space where you can kind of learn from each other and find out what's really going on. So use that to your advantage when you're concerned, but also use that to kind of figure out some scripting so you can ask the hard questions. Like I'll tell you, nobody wants to talk about their boys' penises. Like I cannot, I always have to bring that up. Oh Lord, I can talk about mine. My kids. Well, 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 controversial about like you know circumcision, or they're right. nervous about that, or they're nervous about caring for a child with a you know intact foreskin, or they're nervous. About, I usually just always bring that up, or even like <laughs> the you know at. At the time, you know, at the kind of eight, nine, ten-year-old visits, I always say, like, have you talked with your mom about your menstrual cycle? Do you know what a period is? Have you talked to her about the little lumps under your boobs? You know, we have to sometimes bring that up, and pediatricians will do that. But, but you know, and we're so, and I always joke with kids, like, when we're talking about constipation or poop, I'm like, I talk about poop all day long. Like, I'm fine to talk about snakes in the lake in the toilet. You know, like, did it, you know, what was the noise when the poop hit the water, kerplunk? You know, like, that's too hard. But so I think, um, but you do want to be in a place. It's, we're all bashful, I think. When we, we want to kind of be liked by our doctors. I mean, I feel that, too, as someone who consumes right. healthcare. I want my pediatrician, my kid's pediatrician to like us. Like, I, you know, and I think that's that weird part of health, that we, we want to be liked, so we, we want to appear as if we're taking all their advice. And yet, at the same time, I, I think as best we can, we should be as transparent and honest, because then we're going to get the best healthcare, right? I really want to empower people to feel like, you should just really tell it how it is. If, if you get chided or scoffed at or finger wagged in a way that you don't think is helpful, it might not be the partnership you're looking for. Right. Yeah. You could use it as a good barometer of is this you yeah. know, the right doctor for me and my family, which I guess also brings me to, I don't know if this is so much of a question as I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. There is, I think, a really fine line or a dangerous potential line between uh, finding doctors who uh, you can have these conversations with and have discussions about what you're doing with your child or not doing with your child uh, versus just looking until you find a doctor that agrees with everything you want to do. I mean, like we... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's, that's about skill and expertise too, right? So, you know, I mean, I think number one, parents should, I think parents should always be seeing a board certified pediatrician. You can go online and search at the American Board of Pediatrics if your clinician is board certified. Believe it or not, some people can practice without maintaining board certification and having kind of expert advice. You know, I I think you bring up a really great point and something that I, I, you know, talk about a lot, which is there's something very different to keeping people happy than it is to providing exceptional health care. Mm-hmm. And it's a balance for clinicians, particularly as patient satisfaction scores are now a part of quality metrics in hospitals and health systems. You know, you don't want to go to the pediatrician who just gives out antibiotics because you're asking for them. Mm-hmm. You want to go to the pediatrician who says, oh my goodness, I know exactly why you want an antibiotic today. Your kid is miserable. They've had a fever for three days. You're not sleeping. You're trying to get to work. But let me tell you that the guidelines for the Academy of Pediatrics from 2013 say, you know, between kids, 
between 2 and 18 in the first 48 hours of an ear infection, we don't need antibiotics. We can use pain control, ear numbing drops, ibuprofen, and we want to avoid it because it kills all the good bacteria in your body. So, the, you know, the suspected cure-all of an antibiotic today maybe is not the number one thing we want to do. It takes more time to explain why you're not using antibiotic than to write a prescription for an antibiotic. And what you and we all deserve, right, is the person who's willing to take the time to explain, you know, the rationale. And so I think, but I think we all have really good gut instinct on that, right? Is this the doc who's just in and out and doing lots of prescriptions and you're just searching for it because you know, you know, that's what you think you need? I think you, you need to kind of find someone who you believe is really looking out for your child's best interest. And I, I believe most pediatricians really are. So I don't mean to throw anyone under the bus, but I think it is more work sometimes, right, to provide exceptional care than it is to provide easy, convenient, and kind of patient satisfaction care. Well, we've got, uh, I think, about one or two minutes left, and I think it'd be fun to maybe ask you a couple of questions that, you know, maybe we're asking for friends. Uh, clearly. <laughs> we've got a couple of friends we're asking Your friend with for, this problem at home. My friends with this problem at home. <laughs> Teresa, you've got a friend who has I, that problem. I have a friend whose kids are sick all winter, no matter what, <laughs> even in Los Angeles. Yeah. Why, why, yeah. why does this friend have these kids who are otherwise <laughs> okay. so healthy why? but who are sick <laughs> yeah. all winter? Yes, all winter. Well, okay, no, no question that snot is a part of childhood, okay? <laughs> kids get... 10 to 12 upper respiratory tract infections every year increases with increased exposure to viral illnesses. Squam and colds are caused by about 100 different regular kind of what are called rhinoviruses and different viruses that circulate. Kids get a lot of them because they swap spit, they share toys, they breathe on each other, they kiss each other, they glom onto each other. They just <laughs> exchange germs more than we do. Their immune system is also developing. So you and I have been exposed to a lot of these viruses. We have antibodies against them and our kids are just developing them. But if you do the math and you say, okay, kid gets about 12 of these a year and gets them most of the time when the air is being recirculated in our houses in the wintertime, even in Los Angeles when the air is being recirculated sometimes, they're going to happen between September and March or April. If you do the math, that's a cold every couple weeks. So some of these kids with their snotty noses all month or all winter, it's really, really normal. No, it makes me feel better. I actually Uh, like to draw this little thing that my kids' pediatrician drew for me once, which is like the snot curve, which is basically (laughs) if I were to draw it out for you, it's like it doesn't ever go down to zero in preschool and toddlerhood, right? It's like you've always got a little snot, and then you get a lot for a little bit, and then you get a little, you're back down to a little snot, and you get a lot, and it kind of goes on all winter long. So it's normal. All right. So here's another question for a friend. Uh, Is my (laughs) toddler doomed forever if all they ever want is bananas and chicken nuggets? Well, you know, they may always want that, but you're, I love kind of one of the kind of, uh, kind of giants of pediatric nutrition, a woman named Ellen Satter, who's a nutritionist, says, you know, it's the division of responsibility. Your job as a parent is to provide great, healthy food and prepare it for your child. Your child's job is to choose of what you've provided and how much. No child starves with a full refrigerator. It's just true. Mm, no wow. child without a developmental challenge or an eating challenge or a health challenge will starve in a full refrigerator house. So your job is to not only provide chicken nuggets and cheese. Your job is to say, like, okay, I'm going to fill half the plate with fruits and vegetables at every single meal. I don't want to waste food, but I'm not going to load it up with macaroni every day because they didn't eat. I mean, I think during toddlerhood, a couple things. Growth rate slows down at 12 months of age. So your baby grows really, really fast for six months, grows secondarily really fast between 6 and 12 
12 months. And then the rate of growth between age like one and three is slower than infancy. Mm. So kids actually taper off in their eating. And then, of course, they're going through toddlerhood, and so all they want to do is be independent. It's a big struggle. Your job is just to provide the good food. If your kid eats two bites of strawberry and a little air on Tuesday, they're going to survive. And so you go to the next day, and you just keep offering the same stuff. And then, you know, if they don't eat dinner, don't give them graham crackers and milk before bed. Wait till breakfast. Your child's hunger will help guide and kind of coach them to try and explore new foods. Some kids are pickier than others. There's no question. But our job, first off, you're not ruining your kid's life if they're having chicken nuggets and macaroni, (laughs) but they do need to eat things that have color in them, right? And they do need to eat things that have fiber. And the only way they're going to do that is practice and watching you eat it. Family mirrors are a gold mine. I mean, family mirrors are a gold mine. We eat the same food. They watch us eat. They have fun. And letting your kids help choose the meal, go shopping with you is another way to help do it. Let them choose the green thing that's going to be on the plate today. Even if they don't eat it, that sense of control will gradually kind of coax them and guide them into eating it moving forward. So just don't give up. Don't give up. (laughs) Well, Dr. Swanson, thank you so much for joining us. This was really wonderful. And I think it just sets a great example for everybody uh, in terms of what they should be looking for in terms of a, a good relationship with their pediatrician. And we appreciate it so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Nice to be here. Thank you so much. We're going to link everybody up to your blog as well as the book. And uh, have a wonderful holiday. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. You make me bye. sing, la-la-la. You make a girl go, ooh, I'm in love, love. Did you see that shooting started? Wow. She was awesome. She was awesome. Yeah. I know. That wasn't, that was, I'm like, she was like, when you come in to meet your pediatrician, if they talk too much and too fast like me, I was like, no, no, I actually, I'm okay. That's right up your alley. Right up my alley. (laughs) Let's see who can talk each other uh, out of this office. I thought that was really helpful and great. And what I liked was just that reminder that there's all this external pressure Mm -hmm. that really has nothing to do with you and your relationship with your child Mm -hmm. or you and your relationship with your doctor. And like how important that doctor relationship is. We do not give that enough credit. Oh, totally. We really don't do that with our own doctors or with our family doctors or our pediatricians. I mean, sometimes I feel like we put more effort into like our pets doctors and finding the right doctor for Mm -hmm. our pets than we do for ourselves. It's so odd. I think I really also liked the idea of having high expectations for your doctor in the sense that you should be able to tell the truth to your doctor. And if you get, if telling the truth gets met with like finger wagging or them being a dick to you, that that just is a sign that that's not the right doctor for you. But like you really, we really all deserve to have a doctor that we can tell the truth to and sort of sort these things out together and work together. Otherwise it's like, why, why have that doctor? Like what's the point of having a doctor if you can't tell them what's going on (laughs) with your kid? Only look at my eyes, not the boil on my back. Only my eyes. This is nothing. There's nothing back there. Well, I thought that was really exciting, and we'll link yeah. everybody up to uh, to her blog and, and her book and, and the other resources. You know what else is helpful? And I particularly like to hear at the end of a long year, mm-hmm. that is hearing a mom have a breakdown. Yeah. Do it. This is a rant. This is the rant that I hope you won't play on your show because I don't want to hear myself. I probably sound ridiculous, but I swear it's a conspiracy. I My husband is gone for the week. I've been taking care of my two-year-old and my almost two-month-old. 
by myself with some help from family, but basically by my fucking self. And I finally get something lined up to where someone can take my daughter, who's two, for a few hours, a few precious hours. So maybe I might take a goddamn shower or maybe I might, I don't know, pick up the disaster that is my house. And what does my son do? My son, he's been sleeping in the afternoons for a few hours straight. He's up the whole fucking time, crying and fussing and needing to be held. So much for Mama's big fucking break. I am calling because I can't call my husband anymore because I'm sure he thinks I'm insane. This has been one of the hardest weeks I've had. So I'm calling you. I'm leaving a message. And I'm sorry because I feel like I'm just dumping. But I just can't take it. I can't take it. I needed a break so bad. I'm just not going to get one. Fuck. Thanks. Oh, I know that wow. is such a real thing. Yes, like completely. I remember that yeah. so well. Yeah, it still I mean, happens. It still happens, it still right? happens where you expect the one to nap when they're usually going to nap, and everything's going to work. Yeah, and then it just doesn't, and it's that easy for everything to fall apart. Yeah, super easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think about you know this whole thing where Ellis just he has just given up naps mm, with me. Yeah, he just I mean, even if I put him in the bed for like. 40 minutes. He's not going to sleep. So I'm I'm legitimately not getting anything done mm-hmm. and less all day. He's, yeah, all yeah. day. And like how difficult yeah. that is. Yeah. And I listened to this woman talk about like all the kids and her husband's not even home and like she gets suddenly somebody to come in and take care. And just that like sheer moment of I'm not gonna get to do anything mm-hmm. that I really need to do today yeah it, it it is really hard and also that is why this number is here yeah you're, 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 we are yeah, here no for the dumping yeah you dump yeah dump away yeah i mean you know like it this is all about coming and venting and dumping and it, that again there are people everywhere who are hearing you share that moment yeah. and just like oh that's what i'm doing right now yeah you know what i, I, I so you are Here's the thing. You are doing a really good job, and what's happening in that moment is really awful. Yes. It's very hard. And you're going to have to keep going and get up and do it again, as we all say. And like, and that's really hard. And that's the whole this is hard and nobody gives a shit part of this job and or life or whatever you want to fucking call these decisions that we've made to have kids and where we are. And you are doing great and we give a shit yeah we do yeah we give a big big shit yeah you're doing a really good job you are uh teresa what did we learn today we learned i think we learned and you know in all seriousness we learned that even with the best intentions resolutions reflections hopes for the new year don't always work out no (laughs) No. Just sometimes crash and fail in a, in a heat, like mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, why do we do this again? Like, yeah. should we make these a March thing and not like a New Year's thing? Should yeah. we like, like, what is the point of these resolutions? I, I am beginning to suspect it's bullshit and that we were tricked even into doing it last year and again this year. Well, let's not do it unless it's something we really want for but, ourselves. But if like, I don't, I am failing society. Society mm. has set this up as I am supposed to be doing this, right? Mm. I think on this show we've already established yeah. that 
society can be the worst sometimes. You're right. Maybe. But like do whatever part of it, right? Like do yeah. whatever part of it is good for us. Like the thing that you, the thing, my thing, like getting my exercise back, yeah. I think I really want that. that I want is, that so and you bad. Deserve that's it. for me. You like, deserve that's something that. I want to do. And then your thing about like not overextending yourself basically. Right. And just like being more selective and like being like more like, careful about like what you agree to do right and take on is like really good for you right that is really good for you right and both of those things might bring us more joy uh, in ourselves and in those around us in the year 2016 but and they're worth working towards even if we don't get there right? right like they're both worth trying maybe it's just shouting it out to the universe in hopes that somebody will deliver a package of dry ice to your house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we also learned that the relationship with one's doctor mm. and pediatrician is really important. I do think there's something about, I forget that it's like, this is your kid's doctor till they go to college. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like you, totally. for, you forget it. Yeah. You have to really go out and look for it. It's not like yeah. the advice your gyno is giving you the moment that you find out yeah. you're pregnant. Yeah. So I think it is important, and we should give it the importance that it deserves. Uh, and don't feel bad if you don't like yours. Yeah. Go find another. Yeah. It is a lot of work. It's a shitload it's of work. It's shit. It's not, we shouldn't act like it's easy to f- go find another one, but I think it's worth doing. But you can do it within the same practice. True. If yeah, you yeah. leave, I yeah. mean, like, I've done that. I have yeah. shifted doctors within a practice yeah. before because I just liked the other one better. Yeah. And I made sure that I requested that doctor the yeah. next time around. Yeah. And you're real lucky if you got two in there that you like. But it's not like the one that you're not seeing anymore is going to, like, poison your kid when you're not looking. They're yeah. not evil. Yeah. They're not villains. Yeah. They're not like, what? I mean, I. And they also probably have plenty of patience, yeah. so they're not, like, probably crying about <laughs> that's it right. at home. That's yeah. right. Um, so I think that's a valuable lesson. Okay. Good takeaway. Yeah. And finally, Step Back Day. Step Back Day. Let's all celebrate Step Back Day. Let's, let's have a little Step Back Day every day sure. in our lives. Just have that moment. Have that moment. Yeah. Taking a taking a breath, stepping back, trying yeah. to figure out why we're losing our minds. Yeah. Uh, how relevant is that to us to continue to be in that state? Yeah. And how to get ourselves to step forward in a new direction. Totally. Boom. And if you are somebody who missed Step Back Day and you're just hearing this now and you want to make whatever day this is for you now <laughs> Step right. Back Day for you, do that. Yeah. And just embrace it. And if you want support for that, you can feel free to post about it on our Facebook group and or Twitter. Will, you yeah. will, or on Twitter, we will support you. And That's the group right. will support you. Hashtag step back day. Yeah. Hashtag hiding in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I smell a theme coming from one bad mother. Everybody, you guys are doing a good job. This has been an incredible year. It has. You guys have been amazing. We have watched the Facebook, private Facebook page really grow. Uh We have watched our community grow. We have watched people and ourselves work really hard at learning from each other. The whole theory that, that this is parenting as as is much of life about our own personal choices and no one's making choices at you and when you start to feel bad about something it's probably you 
and you can affect that, you could change it, and that we're all really working hard to be nice to each other, to be aware and present of what others may be going through, and to smile at the person in Target having the breakdown, and just all that. And I feel like everybody's done such a good job of embracing that, and it serves as such a good reminder for us as well uh, when we get to talk about it and hear your genius and fails and hear your rants. So we appreciate you listening, being part of this community, and sharing with us. And so you guys are doing a great job. Yeah, you are, guys. Teresa. Yes. You have had a really tough but good year. Thank you. You are doing a good job. Thank you. So are you, Biz. Thank you. We are going to not be here next week because... You know, you know, we got to sleep or something, holidays and yeah. shit. But we will be back the next week. Yeah. And we have a lot lined up for 2016, and we look forward to sharing it with you. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, busting by, not going down Mama's Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.